determine your market days. They determine your trading, your festivals. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Your farming, what you eat, the kind of food you eat and stuff like that. Do you understand? Listen, they have been able to integrate their influence into your day-to-day living and life. So much so that you say, this is who I am. I cannot deny myself. Why? A spirit has been walking in the people. That's why Yoruba people act somehow. That's why Igbo people act somehow. That's uh, how some people act somehow. Do you understand what I'm saying? Did you hear what I said? If you follow, like for me, I have Royal Channel. I have the application. So from time to time, I go and see what's happening with uh, King Charles and his uh, Prince Williams. And what's the other boy's name? Prince what? Harry. That's right. So I pay attention to all those things. I see how they went to school. I see how they dress the girls in the real family. I see how the boys dress. I see how they amass wealth from childhood. Did you hear? Like Prince William's son and daughters, they are loaded. How do they acquire their wealth? By coming for ceremonies and waving and smiling. And people bring money. Why? They are royalty. Did you hear what I'm saying? And the nations are happy. Do you understand? There was a queen called, uh, there's a queen called, uh, uh, there's a princess called Princess Diana. The, the, the wife of uh, Prince uh, Charles, Prince Charles, then Prince Charles, now King Charles. Yes. The whole world loved her. They loved her. They still love her. Do you understand that? Listen. She, she had to learn royal protocol. Do you hear? So you can't just mix anything, little thing you do. It's in the newspapers. Anything you do. So you have to conduct yourself in a particular way. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Now, what I see in front of me, do I see lepers? No. Do I see riffraffs? No. I see sons. I didn't say sons and daughters. I see sons of God. Did you hear? Interesting thing, they are not just sons, they are also kings. Because Yeshua is king of what? Kings. So he is a king over kings. So if all of you here are kings, so who are you ruling then? Did you see? Now, just as Prince Harry, Prince Williams, and their children cannot just go to any school they like, They have to go to specific schools 
where royals go to. And they have governors who help them build a culture and nature, etiquette, how they eat, how they smile. Do you get what I'm saying? You can't, you can't see maybe Prince Williams now. Go and say, go Harry, go Harry, go yay, yeah, yay. Yeah, yeah. uh, uh, uh. You can't see that now. You have, you have, when, when he's walking, <laughs> you know, he has to come around and then he, he will greet you. You are one of his subjects. You know, he'll greet you. And then some of the, he'll wave to some. So, you know, and he'll put a smile. And then he could come back again and just tap you. You know, and then whisper something in your ears. And then you'll be very happy. He said something to me. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Now, if you look at some, uh, uh, Proverbs 31, it says, this is the proverb. Can we read it? Proverbs 31. I'm getting somewhere, please. This is all intros. Okay? It says, the words of King Limuel, the utterance, some other people say prophecy, which his mother taught him. It says, what my son, and what the son of my womb, and the son of my vows. Some other translation will say, the son of my oath. Do not give your strength to women. My wife knows me. <laughs> when we were younger, I thought that that woman was uh, women, like women, women. But that's actually the world. Okay? Nor your ways to that which destroys kings. So there's a way that destroys kings. It's not for kings, O Limuel. It is not for kings to drink wine. Wine is not a gogoro in prophetic terms. Wine is spirit. It's the world. It's that which causes men to get soaked that's what she was saying, spirits. Get so fully influenced by the spirits. Okay? Now for princes, intoxicating drink. Now, lest they drink and forget the law. Now, if you understand, it's not, you don't drink alcohol morning, afternoon, night. As food, so it cannot be alcohol he's talking about. Okay, it's a way, a lifestyle that destroys people who are supposed to be governors of their their body. Right? It says, "Let him drink and forget." No, no, it says. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his miseries no more. He now says in verse 8, Open your mouth for the speechless in the course of all 
who are appointed to die. And it continues on and on. So it means that there is a way, there is a lifestyle, there is a tradition, a culture, acquisition of information and nature that those who are called kings should partake of. Correct? Qualities of a king. Kings are separated for ruling and reigning. There are qualities of a king. Kings are raised differently from subjects. Subjects are not humans or people. Did you hear? Did you hear what I just said? Subjects are not humans or people. In spiritual terms. You remember when they told Yeshua who should be the ruler amongst the disciples? What did he say? He told them, he said, the kings of this world lord it over those they are ruling. But he said, but to you it's not so. Did you hear? So he said that if you want to be king in the kingdom of God, you have to be a servant. Did you hear? So, which means that this is the opposite of what you see physically, right? Okay? And then that says, if you want to not be chief, <laughs> it says you have to now be double the service. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. If you have the spirit of God inside of you, how will I reign over you? How can I rule over you? The best I can do is to help you to bring out the best that you have inside of you. Did you hear that? Did you hear me? That's why pastors, no, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, that's it, that's it? And pastors. That's why they were raised up for the edification of the body for the building of the body of Christ until what? We all do what? Come to the unity of faith. Come to the stature. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Did you hear that? So we all are part of the body of the Messiah. So there cannot be one person ruling over the other. Did you hear me? I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Did you hear what I said? It's not, it's not part of it. Please pay attention because what I'm teaching today is how we can be able to understand and become effective agents and influencers of the kingdom and the nature of God in this life. Okay? When Yeshua was living this earth, what did he say? He says, all power 
Is that not what he said? Said all authority has been given to me. How did he get it? Did he get it by going to fight war? Is that what he did? Is that how he got that power? No. He got that power by obeying. The Bible said that he obeyed the Father. Okay? He obeyed and obeyed and obeyed and obeyed until he obeyed the Father, even unto death, the death of the cross. Can you see how he fought his war? Did you hear? So, which means that he says, Thou hast taught me the pathway of life, for in your presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand, pleasures forevermore. Did you hear what I'm saying? So, it means that for him to come to that position of authority, he had to come by obedience. Okay? Of the law of God. I hope you hear me. And stripped himself, because the Bible says that the child waxed strong in the spirit and he had favor before God and what? Man. I hope you hear. So, he walked in the pathway of righteousness and built up a nature that made him the express image of the father. Did you hear that? He just did not become the image of the Father. He became the express image. Did you hear? Actually, when God said, let us make man in our image, it was actually a prophetic utterance. I hope you hear what I'm saying. That began to breed and groom. I hope you hear me. God scuttled and picked up again with Abraham. And continue and continue until the nature of God or the way of the Lord was prepared for Shiloh to come. Did you hear? Did you hear that? So when you see him come in as the king, look at Psalm 24. Lift up your head, O ye gates. Even be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, so that the king of glory may come in. What does that mean? Somebody who has fully acquired the nature of God and became glorified. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? That's what it is. And how did he get a pure heart, clean hands? Can you see that? And then focus on joining. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Focus on joining into the holy hill of the Lord. I hope you hear. Did you hear that? Are we together please? Praise the Lord. So you yourself, there's a way. What did Romans tell you? Be not what? Conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. So it means that the renewal of your mind will transform you into something, right? Praise God. Hallelujah. Are we together, please? Can you see what's... Did you see that? So when they give you rules and laws, you cannot do this, you cannot do that, you cannot do this, and you get offended. 
you are getting offended because you don't understand why they are giving you the rules and the laws. They are giving you the rules and the laws because you are not a subject. You are a king. What did I just say? You are a king. You can't be a king without understanding poverty. You can't be a king without understanding um, lowliness. Uh, 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 is it lowliness now? That's without uh, lowliness of heart. You can't be a king. Where I come from in you know in the uh, natural aspect, before the king is enthroned or coronated. They take him from one village to the other, his domain. And they show him the poor people. They show him the sick people, the weak, the orphans, the widows, those who have, cannot speak for themselves. Oh my God. You saw that in Proverbs chapter 33. Say that you should be the one to defend. You, are the, you should defend the fatherless, the, the widows. Do you understand? Are we together, please? So, you see, when we see healing, healing is not for you to shine and to show how, how much anointing you have. <laughs> it's a king that comes and puts... Your, healing is bringing things into per, 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 perspective, right? When you come and say, no, no, this is not how my father's kingdom is. Be healed in the name of Yeshua. You are bringing things in order. Did you hear me? It's not. Who is watching me now? Okay, be here. Did you? No, 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 no. It's not like that. I hope you hear what I'm saying. When you're interceding for a nation, did you hear what I'm saying? When you are interceding for a nation, you are interceding for a nation not so that your congregation can increase. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Is it because when you are doing all that, the nature of selfishness is still in you. You need to strip yourself of that. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Did you hear that? So when you see laws, laws are not... Do you understand what I'm trying to get across? Let me just read a few things and then we'll just come to a close. I'd like to read this again. I said, there are qualities of a king and kings are raised differently from subjects. Subjects are not humans or people, okay? Subjects are spirits are, and other pedigrees of God's creation. Did you hear that? Praise the Lord. First of all, take control of yourself. Learn to lose your life. Hallelujah. I'll read a few if you look at Proverbs chapter 28, verse, Proverbs 25, verse 28, it says that whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down without walls. Did you hear? Did you hear that? Proverbs 25, verse 28. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit 
is like a city broken down without what? So which means anything can enter into it. Okay? Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Did you hear that? Did you get that? Did you hear that? He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty and he who rules his spirit than he who can take a city. So your body, your life, what governs you internally is more important than how many exploits you can do outside. Did you hear? Guard your heart with all diligence. Proverbs chapter 4. Out of it does what? Flows the issues of life. We talked about that. James chapter 3 verse 2. It says, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in the word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. And, no, in, what is that? Indeed, indeed, we put beads in horses' mouths so that they may obey us. And we turn the whole body just like a sheep also. Although they are so large they are, and they are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder. Did you hear that? Did you hear? Are you paying attention? small rudder, wherever the pilot desires, even so the tongue is a little member. Take out your tongue, please. He's <laughs> taking it out a little bit. Every single one of you have a tongue, right? It says as small as your tongue is, it's a little member and it boasts great things. See how great a forest See how great a forest. Where is that? What did I say? I've lost it now. Okay. See how, see how a great forest. See how great a forest. It says a little fire kindles and the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. The tongue is so set amongst our members that, that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. 
See that tongue? What is telling you is to capture your tongue, bridle your tongue, keep it under control. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeshua said, Don't let anything come out from your mouth. Either you are saying yes or you are saying no. Yeshua said, Any other thing comes from who? The evil one. I hope you hear. Yeshua said, It is not what you eat that defines the body, it is what comes out of the body that defines the body. Did you hear? Praise God. Hallelujah. In summary today, every single one of us must pay very close attention to our kingship and our priesthood. For you are a chosen generation, you are a royal priesthood, you are a peculiar set of people, and you are supposed to show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I hope you hear what I'm saying. You are a stone, a living stone, a lively stone. You are not alone. Did you hear? You are part of a spiritual house being built up. Being built up. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Did you hear? Praise God. Hallelujah. You are not a king. Alright? Kings never just come upon the throne. Kings have a lineage. Did you hear? Kings are only appointed from royal families. Did you hear that? Priests, they are also raised. I hope you hear what I'm saying. I see a lot of young people who are so reckless. And allow themselves to be influenced. Without knowing that they are from royal family. And they hate the idea of being separated because they are royalty. I see every single one of you as kings. I see every single one of you as kings. Not because of what I see, because of what you because of who you are. You have royal blood. Did you hear? The blood of Yeshua is flowing inside of you. By blood, I mean the life of God. I hope you hear what I'm saying. So because of that, you cannot afford to do anything you like. You cannot afford to open your mouth and say anything that enters your head. Did you hear what I'm saying? Did you hear me? Anything that comes out of your mouth must be governed and restricted by the word of God. Did you hear that? Why? Because you are royalty. Did you hear me? Did you hear what I said? You are royalty. You are a king. Hallelujah. 
Permit me to talk about uh, the Black Panther. King T'Challa went to see his father in the ancestral plane. Immediately he saw his father, he forgot that he's not the king. He loved his father so much. Now, this is one thing. Kings always love their fathers. Pay attention. A king must love his father. Immediately he saw his father, he went on his knees. His father said, stand up. You are a king. Stand up. And I stand here today and I say that you are all kings. You have the power, the authority to govern yourself. To execute judgment. Yeshua said, I don't do anything of my own. I do only what I see my father do. Oh my God. Did you hear that? Yeshua said, I do only what I see my father do. So which means that Yeshua doesn't do anything that he doesn't see his father do. Which means that Yeshua is connected to his father. Did you hear me? Young people of today prefer to submit to their friends outside and they hate their families. They do. They will not agree. They will say, ah, no, it's not like that. It is like that. You will not say, ah, no, 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 you are, you, are, you are missing it. That's not how it is. No, that is how it is. A king loves his father. A king is obedient. A king follows royal protocol. I hope you hear what I'm saying. You are a king. And we are moving into kingdom war. We are moving into kingdom war. The final battle is called the battle of what? It's part, but, sorry, battle, battle of what? Eh? Armageddon, what is it called? There's another name it's called. It's called the valley of decision. Is the battle of kings? If you don't understand royal protocol, you sell your nation. No king sells his nation. Did you hear that? No king sells his nation. No king betrays his people. Did you hear me? No king betrays his people. No king sells his nation. Did you hear that's why if you check history, kings go to war. Did you hear that? Kings go to war. 
Because kings, when the people see their king, they can never drop their arms. Are we together? Permit me again to refer to Black Panther. When King T'Challa came back from the dead and he was fighting for his throne, he went again to see his father. And his father told him, Welcome home, son. Come and join us, the ancestors. He said, I cannot. I cannot stay here. An evil man is on the throne. I can never rest until I get him out of the throne. Do you hear that? You are a king. You can never and you should never rest until the evil one who is sitting on the throne of your heart is removed and the king of kings is resident in your heart. Then you can rest. Did you hear what I just said? He told his father, Father, I'm sorry, I can't stay here. I need to go back. I need to get that guy out of that throne. You need to go and sit on your throne because you have a throne. Yeshua is seated at the right hand of majesty on high. Are you getting me? You are supposed to sit with him. You are an heir and joint heir with the Christ. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear me? Listen. You can think whatever you think. You can, whatever ideas can come in your head, it's from the evil one. You have a throne. You should never rest until Christ fully gains dominion over your life. Did you hear me? Did you hear? Hallelujah. We'll continue next time. Unless you have questions. I can continue talking, but you guys need to go. Anyone wants to contribute? Sister doing five minutes. Give her microphone. Oh, you want to say? I like that. Go ahead. Talk. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Praise God. Hallelujah. Though I came late, but uh, the little I could make from the teaching. Um. I I just want to say that um, when I gave my life to Christ and um, the Holy Spirit because I know I had to go through some uh, teaching, you know like the Holy Spirit telling me that um, you can't be like every other person You can't do things the way you like. Though I find it very difficult to, you know, to follow through because I know along the line I, I made some errors and the mistakes. 
But um, God is a merciful God. He brought me back. And then from the teaching too, you know, as kings, you know, we all need to be identified with that. Because at times we allow some things, you know, influence to make us feel as if um, we don't really know who we are. Mm. But the truth of it is that we are royals. Hallelujah. We are kings. Mm. And then God is not looking for a robotic uh, children. Mm. He wants children that can act the way he is. Mm. You know, give commandments. Mm. He's ready to back you up because mm. uh, he makes most of us that mm. uh, we are his children. Mm. When a when children of God are taking dominion, God mm. is happy with it. Mm. So I want us to have it that um, this is who we are. Mm. In the reality, mm. this is who we are. Mm. You know, I can go ahead and talk about my encounter, about mm. thrones, mm. but this is who we are. Mm. We are kings. Mm. We are royal. Amen. So it's high time to start living that way. Praise God. Thank you so much. Not that temptation will not come, That's but right. He will always give us, you know, victory over our praise Hallelujah. God. Now she says something very profound, which is part of the series or curriculum. Okay, identity. Who are you? Who said that? <laughs> Permit me to talk about the Black Panther. When they meet themselves, they will ask, Ungubane, who are you? And then he will say, I am Wabuno, the son of Isibo. Or, I am Francis, the son of Yeshua, the king of angels. And they will say, prove it. Praise the Lord. So it's important for us to have and know who we are. Our identity. Who are you? Huh? Huh? Okay. Um, thank you for this opportunity. So it's somewhat like a question. I had a discourse with um, a colleague, a friend of mine. And so centered around you know, the subject matter we've talked about today. It's relating to it. So it's from, okay, we are a spirit. We have a soul. And um, we have a body. And there was this um, discussion that we had. We just could not come to an agreement. I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to know your perspective. Um, we've been a spirit. We've been a spirit being, and um, I don't know if I'm if I got your point well. From what you said, I deduced that man and influence we cannot be separated because um, God is trying to find expression through us, influencing us, you know, spirits, demons, um, trying to find expression, trying to influence us. Our spirit, can it just act like on its own? That is, you know, 
I don't want to go to the extent of saying, okay, maybe a spirit is possessing an individual, making the person to do some things. But that's our spirit, you know. When someone has worked with God to an extent, can the person come to a stage where, even if the person leaves God, the person, some aspect of the person cannot be, like, um, influenced by the devil? Or is it that once the person leaves God, once the Spirit of God leaves the person, automatically the person is under the dominion of the devil? Or can the spirit just on its own be? As a child of God, you should never um, offend the Spirit of God. I hope you hear what I'm saying. As a child of God, you must know who the Spirit of God is. He is your leader. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 8, that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So you must know who you are. You are a child of God. You can never do without the Spirit of God. You can never do without God's Word. I hope you hear what I'm saying. You can never. Yeshua said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I hope you hear what I'm saying. So I would join you, okay, and advise that everything you do, your life, must be to be governed and led by the Spirit of God. The issue of you staying away from the Spirit of God and so should never come into your life, should never come into your thought pattern, should never be something to consider. Living God, living your Christian walk should never be something you want to consider. You should never ever try to consider that. If you fall for any reason, run back to your father. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Because that is only where there's safety. If you don't, you become you will start journeying into reprobacy, if there's any word like that. And you don't want that because when you deny the person of the Spirit of God, you deny God or deny His Word or you crucify the Lord a second time, there is no room of repentance. You will not be able to repent. You can't come back again. In this place, you can't fall. When you fall, you rise up. Just like a child who is learning to walk. Falling is not an issue for a child. She will fall and get up, smile and continue running until he or she learns how to walk and never fall again. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Praise God. question is that um, I, I said I had a discussion with a friend. I heard you. Yes. And um, I just could not find like the proper words, um, like something to say to like convince or bring our conversation to a, um, a, close. a close. Yes. So although I used the scripture that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey. You know, I just used that scriptures then when we we're discussing that okay, um, once you drift out of God and you begin to, um, once you are out of God, you are immediately under the um, rulership of the devil. So I don't understand why the going out of God should be an issue or something to talk about. There is nothing without him you are finished. I don't know if you hear me. 
Now listen, I know you want to get an answer. But I don't want to answer you the way you want to want me to answer you. I want to tell you don't that should not come into your mind. Now, if you are talking with your friends, ask the spirit of God to give you wisdom what to say to influence and change that person. You can say thank you so that we can just end the issue. <laughs> I don't know anyone yet. I can find later and tell you. What's your name? Deborah. Deborah. Hallelujah. Is there any person who can answer her? Because I don't. You see, there are questions that might not be relevant. I think you're asking that if somebody stops following God, can they still hold like the characters that they received when they were walking with God, right? Yeah. So, so, okay, so my husband met someone recently that was a man of God. He laid, okay, yeah, he laid hands on the sick, people got healed, he would go for evangelism, you know, win the lost and everything, and he fell into depression, and, um, you know, because he didn't have finances. He wasn't, you know, able to provide for himself and I guess for his family. So he was in a lot of depression. And then his senior pastor, um, someone accused him of something that he didn't do. And the senior pastor, you know, joined in with that person or I guess believed what that person was saying and, you know, spoke to him in a way that you know, wasn't nice or, you know, just showed that he believed what that person was saying. Meanwhile, he didn't do those things. So he got offended and he was like, he's done with the church. Like, what the heck? How? And he's gone on a rampage. Like, he smokes, he drinks, he parties, and he's like, see, God, this God you're serving, I don't want. Do you want to come and preach to, to me? That kind of thing. And he's like, I don't want to hear it. That he's, he was like, that if he even, if, if, What's it called? What did he say? If he, if if you, if if he goes to church and he stays there for a week or something like that, that he knows he will turn back, but that he doesn't want, you know. So there's a place that you can get to where you don't return, and we're not. If if the person is saying, I because I, I I think, um, Pastor Isibo was telling you when he was speaking, he was telling you this is what you're meant to say to that girl, that that thing shouldn't come to your mind. It was just mirroring what you should relate to that girl. That she, that kind of thing shouldn't come to your mind because you can, if you leave God, you can come to a place where you can't turn back. And it's in the Bible. Mama, do you can you share the scripture? Um, I'm sorry. My voice is so deep, or was so deep. Um, there are levels of maturity. 
as a Christian. Okay? And the different levels of maturity determines what happens to you when you fall. If you check in the Old Testament, you see where God is calling the backsliders in heart to return. He's wooing them. Oh, ye backsliders in heart, return. Right? But there is a growth that you mature into. Having tasted of the powers of the world to come. It's in the book of Hebrews chapter 6. He said, if you backslide at that time, he said, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Okay? And the person will spend the eternity in the lake of fire. Now, what will happen to that person is that the ability to repent will be taken away. The Spirit of God will leave you completely. Why? He said you crucified the Son of God a second time and brought him to an open shame. But that sin, a lot of baby Christians think that, you know, they have fallen into that sin. They haven't. Because the, 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 the condition for falling into that sin is maturity. There are, it's stated there. You've tasted of the powers of the world to come. You've partaken. You know, it's there. It's right there in the book of Hebrews. You can see all of that, right? Sorry? It's also in the book of 1 John. If you sin the sin, sin against the Holy Ghost, you will not be forgiven. Now, your question is, can the Holy Ghost still reach someone who has turned away from him? Yes, if you have not sinned the sin of apostasy. If you have not sinned the sin of apostasy, the Lord will still be wooing you. That guy you met has not seen the sin of apostasy. First of all, he didn't understand the principles of faith. He didn't live by faith. He could have lived by gifts. Gifts of healing. Gifts of working of miracle. But he didn't learn faith. Which is very, why you must learn faith. It is fundamental. It is a fundamental doctrine. Every believer must learn it. It is on that foundation that every other life that you live is built on otherwise you will crash and that's what happened to him he crashed why he didn't have faith he didn't understand the workings of faith he couldn't feed his family he's blaming god for not giving him money to feed his family so he's not even he might even be a baby christian do you understand god will keep sending people to him and one day one day he will jump he will enter that church he's afraid of entering if he's a reprobate if he's an apostate and a reprobate, he will enter inside church. He will come in the church, and he will come to attack Christ in the church. He will come to pull people out to derail them. He would have a special assignment from Satan. He will raise, he will send spirits to attack whoever. But right now, he's, he's just sinning. Do you understand? Now, the, the danger he has there is that let him not be there and for too long. Because what happens with sin is that sin, the Bible calls it the deceitfulness of sin. And men's hearts are hardened because of sin. So his heart can harden because of sin. It's not because he's not, um, he cannot be restored. But sin can harden his heart. So he needs intercession. You guys will pray for him. He needs intercession so he doesn't get to that place where his sin will be, his heart will be hardened and he can no longer, not because God doesn't want to forgive him, but he won't be able to hear the Lord when the Lord is talking to him. Conviction will no longer be there. But the sin of apostasy, the Holy Ghost won't talk to you at all. You have become a child of hell. You have already gone to hell while you are living on the earth. And most people 
who enter into those dimensions. In fact, when you hear them dying, if you are in the presence of where they are dying, they die cursing God. As their spirits are leaving their body, they will be cursing God. That's, do you understand? They will, be, they will be seeing hell while they are, and they will be, and you know when you read the book of Revelation, you will see in hell, there are men that are cursing God in hell. Some men in hell will be begging God, help me, oh, bring me out of here. But some men in hell will be cursing God. Those are apostates. Sorry, sir. Okay, hallelujah. Mama actually broke it down really, really well. I wonder who the person is talking to is. There she is, right? Yes. So this is the subject of the sin of apostasy. It's a very serious one, but many people skip over it. So we have two, Mama mentioned two cases. The first case is where you're not very mature. Mama mentioned that one and the danger with that one. And I'll look into that. I'll just say that really quickly. Uh, Mama mentioned, described it perfectly, actually. Deceitfulness of sin can rob you. It's actually what happened in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Can you give me that one? Verse, um, 1 Corinthians 5. I'll just go over the case study really quickly. There was a man that was committing a very unusual kind of sexual immorality. He was sleeping with his dad's wife. Yeah, dad's wife, yes. And he was doing it openly. It wasn't like he was doing it kind of feeling sorry or repent, repentant. He was journeying into darkness. He was showing off, yes. It was really, really bad. And Paul was telling the church that, don't you know how bad this is? Now, I want you to jump. Okay, from verse 4, Paul said this, okay? From verse 3, sorry. Indeed, as absent in the body, but present in the spirit, I have already judged as though I were present. Him who has so done this deed, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. What Paul was saying here was that it is better for this man to die quickly while he's alive. You know the reason why? That his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus what does this mean? Paul was saying here, um, which is what Mama was pointing out to this, um, this um, friend that you saw. If he continues in sin, sin, Mama mentioned, is deceitful. And there's an allure that it has. The first time sin hits you, there's this novelty that is almost pleasurable. And you can forget about it. You don't want to hear God at all. And you want to just journey in darkness. After a while, there is now a grip on your soul. There is a way that thing can penetrate your heart where you are fully submitted to darkness. Depending on how you respond every time you disobey God. Repentance is a gift. That's the truth. It's not something you play around with. You want to make sure that you're not giving more to Satan. I don't know how to explain it now. If you're, dealing with, if you're struggling with sin in your life, you have to be very sincere when you're repenting towards God. If you play around with sin, the problem is that you're sinning with your heart. Does that make sense? And when you're sinning with your heart, it's the heart that repentance is, is brought to. If you train your heart in rebelling against God, you're going to become like Pharaoh. When God said um, to Moses that I will harden Pharaoh's heart, God doesn't harden anyone's heart too. God cannot do that. What happens at any time God will speak to Pharaoh, because Pharaoh kept on rebelling against God, rebelling against God, every time God will talk to him, his heart will get hard. Because it now became something he trained himself. It became an instinctive response to whenever God will speak. So God told Moses, don't worry. I already know who this Pharaoh is. Every time I speak to him, his heart will be hardened. So God told him, I will harden his heart. What God was saying is that I will tell him, as you're speaking, my voice will be inside of you. You're speaking to Pharaoh, but he will harden his heart. You get, you get what I'm saying? So over time, Pharaoh became appropriate. The only end for such a person is to be destroyed. And you see what... Oh, please put that verse back on screen. The mercy of God is that before you completely deaden your conscience, something happens to you. Either you encounter Jesus in a very, very violent way. 
that breaks that habit off of that person or you die physically. It's better for you to die before you become reprobate. Now, the second, the reprobate one, there's people that, um, there's another way to achieve this state that is very scary. And it is when someone is... I'm not reprobate to Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. The second way is, give me, uh, Mama mentioned that the verse of scripture, Hebrews chapter 6. We'll just look at that real quick. To be honest with you, the second way is more expressly documented in the scriptures. This is where someone is more mature and you have knowledge. And when I say knowledge, not knowledge of the head. Your heart has been endowed. And yet, you willingly choose to. It's a very dangerous thing to do. So give me, yes. Paul says, leaving the discussion of the elementary principle of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith towards God, doctrine of baptism, laying of hands. Verse 4, he mentions these foundational doctrines, right? And in verse 3, he says, sorry, um, and this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, who have tasted of the heavenly gift, and of become partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the good word of God, and the powers of the age to come. These are the requirements my mom mentioned before. Remember when she said that before? If they fall away, to renew them again, to repentance. Not because the Holy Spirit, like Mama said, would not convict them, but because they will not be able to respond when the repentance is there. Like, for example, now, Satan, honestly speaking, even if God was to present a banquet of repentance with Satan, he would not be able to respond. I, I sort of disagree with this point. The Holy Spirit will leave you. This, see, the, there's a reason why the Spirit of God is on the earth. Bible says is to convict the world of sin. No man can repent without the Holy Ghost. You don't have the ability in yourself to repent without the Holy Spirit. So that's why Jesus warned, don't sin against the Holy Ghost. Don't allow him to live. Because if he leaves you, there'll be nobody to convict you. You will be left with your soul and your spirit and your body alone without the Holy Ghost. So you can never be able to repent. Jesus, God sent the Holy Ghost to the earth to help sinners repent. He said this reason the Holy Ghost is sent is for what? For, re, for conviction. For what? Oh no. Francis, you know the scripture now. Please come and help me. No, you, you said that even if the Holy Ghost speaks to the person, the person will not hear. Me, I'm saying the Holy Ghost won't speak to you. That's just what I'm saying. The Holy Ghost won't speak to you at all, at all. The Holy Ghost is speaking to this man now because he still sees the chances of them repenting. Yes, that's right. That's why some, you will notice also in the scriptures patterns. So sorry, Francis, please. Yes, you will also notice in the scriptures patterns. Let me give a, a scriptural reference to what I'm saying. In the book of Acts, when Paul then were going on their missionary journey, there are certain people that he will want to speak to. God will tell him, don't talk. Don't enter this city. Don't, don't speak. He said they won't hear you. Do you understand? They won't hear you. Don't speak to this person. The person will not hear you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's no, he, he only God doesn't like to wait. He doesn't waste his time. He will keep talking once there's an opportunity of repentance. The door of repentance is still open. But when they know that that door has closed, what's the point of wasting time? When, when Kenneth Hagin was praying for the woman that fell into apostasy, 
Jesus appeared to Kenegi and said, don't talk to me about this woman again. Don't pray about this person again. Kenegi said, no. You can't tell me not to pray about somebody. There's, I don't know of any scripture where I shouldn't pray for someone. Jesus said, okay. The Bible says that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, the truth is established. He said, I will give you four witnesses why you must not talk to me about this woman again. She is going to spend the rest of her life in the lake of fire. And in that encounter, Kenegin heard her spirit man leave her body and descended into hell. He heard her screaming when she was going to hell. And Jesus said, she has been judged. She will never repent. So don't talk to me about her. Nobody ever wants to go there. You know, those are things that Paul said. He said, for we know the terror of the Lord, therefore we persuade men. Don't, nobody ever should try to get to that place. Like Francis said, repentance is a gift. And it is one of the doctrines, the foundational doctrines of Christ. So believers must know how to repent and that you repent quickly. Francis, please Hallelujah. come and continue if you have Praise finished. the Lord. I'm sorry, sorry, sir. I wanted other people to say something. Let him just finish what he was saying. Sorry, I cut him short. Because I was... Hallelujah. See, this one I was talking about, that verse, that when he's come, he will convict the world of sin, of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Hallelujah. So the Spirit of God that brings that conviction. When you're asking the question about being away from the Holy Spirit, honestly speaking, that is the worst. The Bible says even... The worst state you can be in is to be away from the spirit. It's not even something you play around with as a child of God. Okay, praise God. Please, from now on, any questions must be what is being taught. Okay? Did you hear? From now on, any questions must be from what was taught. If you have any other questions after the meeting, then we can discuss that. Praise God. This is a very important um, introductory teaching. Very, very important. It's a foundational teaching. And we all must fully understand and grasp it. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Your identity who you are, okay? Who you are. How do you become what God wants you to be? I hope you hear what I'm saying. How do you live? What kind of culture, civilization? How do you live? How do you conduct yourself? And then how do you govern in the space that God has put you in? Very important. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Please, is completely different. I pray that God will give us the wisdom and utterance to help us to understand who we are, what the church really is, what God actually wants to make out of you and I, why he called you out of darkness, what you are supposed to be doing. Very, very important. Praise God. Smart. Uh, I'm trusting God that we'll be able to expand a lot on this kingship because it's a very wide scope. As a king, there is 
a garment. There is a dressing for kings. And when I talk about this, I'm talking about in the spirit. So that as a king, the angels and the demons know you when you are dressed or undressed. And so that's what happened to the seven sons of Sceva. A king has authority and exercise their authority. And so they were not kings, but exercising authority illegally, using an authority that is not theirs. There was a, there's a soldier who met Jesus. And when he met Jesus, he says, I am a man under authority because he understands the principle of kingship. And he says, I am a man under authority. I know you're under authority. And I know whatever you say will be done. So but He said, you don't even need to come yes. to my house. Yeah. He said, I know who you are. Yeah. He said, you, I'm not worthy to receive you under my roof. Yeah. But I know that you are a king. Mm. Just make the decree. Mm. My servant will be healed. Yeah. And Yeshua said, I have never seen this kind mm. of faith. Mm. Not even in Israel. Mm. Do you understand? Yes, I like what you said about garments. I okay. hope. I want to put out something concerning Okay. That. So, when you talk about the garment of a king, we see in Revelation that there was a church whose garment was uncovered. Say they were naked. So they didn't even know they were naked. They even know. So, as a king, your garment must be always there. And there are things we need to do to put on our garment always. Ephesians chapter 6, put on the whole armor of God. Yes. Else we would be naked. Even before the demons, they would much more apart from demons. Yeshua said. On that day, you might not be found naked. Yes. So there is a clothing. Yes. I like what you said. It's spiritual. Yes, sir. It's the nature of God. Yes. We all must clothe ourselves yes, with God's nature. Yes. Praise God. So that we will not expose ourselves to torments from even the devil. Okay. Yeah. Shile, you were trying to say something. I wanted to make a comment on what Mommy Doing was saying. She talked about kingship and when she first gave her life to Christ and the Holy Spirit was guiding her, but she found it difficult to obey the Holy Spirit. So I wanted to talk about the anointing of the kings. A king must, um, like David, a king must be anointed. So um, we ought to walk full of the Spirit. That is our anointing. So um, when she, like we notice that even when we get like baptized in the Holy Ghost, we find it difficult to fall or stumble or make excuses because we are anointed. We now have power. So, like, just adding to what she said, the garment of the king and then the anointing that the king must always have on his head running. That's infinite power. Praise God. The kind of your anointing is very important. I hope you hear. Even the vase from where the oil comes from is very important. That's the difference between... King Saul or King Shaul and King David. King Saul was anointed with a vial. Okay? And a vial is made, is something that was made from uh, clay or something like that. Did you hear? 
Did you hear that? That on its own defined the kind of kingship. It's a kingship that is fleshly. I hope you hear. But King David, when they were going to anoint him, is the same man who anointed both of them. Okay? Now, when David was to be anointed, he was anointed with a horn. Horn is a symbol of authority. Horn is from an animal. So the animal was killed. Okay? And the horn was taken out. And it was inside that horn that the oil was poured in the anointing. Are you getting what I'm saying? And when David was anointed, he was anointed as the king after God's heart. A king who took the everlasting kingdom. King Saul's kingship lasted for only 40 years. But that of David is unending. I hope you hear. Did you hear that? The anointing. It says, you have anointed me with the oil of gladness above my fellows. You are carrying an anointing on your head. Okay? The oil that you have is the oil of the Spirit of God. I hope you hear. That oil never runs dry. Should never run dry. You should never do anything that will make that oil to dry up on your head. Praise God. Any other thing? Can we close? Yes. <laughs> Father, we give you praise. What? Okay. Should we allow him? Miracle. Father, we thank you for the bread. We thank you for the bread and the wine. We thank you for the bread and the wine. This is my body broken for you. Hallelujah. By his stripes you are healed. Blessed be God. And this is my blood that was shed for, for many for the remission of sins. Drink all of it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Sister Doyne, bring the communion. Sister Dio, communion. Or oh, should they walk there? Everybody. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
announcements um, we're fasting um, daily for the next um, 14 I think the fast will end on the 3rd of February um, prayers for the fast will be 6 a.m. every morning and 2 to 4 um, every day after 4 p.m. after the prayers you can break your fast or you can continue to 6 p.m. but the prayers for the fast concludes 2 to 4 p.m. during the afternoon watch. Um, the Yahweh to Face... Is it Yahweh to Face? Yes, the Yahweh to Face conference, okay, is on the screen. Is... Um, it's going to be... You know, the conference is different this year. The conference and the prayers are going to be together. That's why you don't want to miss the prayers. Because we're going to have ministers teaching and leading prayers at the same time. Okay? Throughout um, the next two weeks. And it will end on the 4th. On the 4th, we'll be here physically for um, to end the conference on the 4th of February, which is a Saturday PHB meeting. And then on the Thursday, it will also be a conference Melchizedek school. So all our physical meetings within this period will be different. So please don't miss the prayers for any reason. 
Praise God. Do you understand what I'm saying? You understand, right? You don't understand. The conference this year is a virtual conference. It's an iCloud conference. It's meant to start on the 2nd of February to the 4th. But we're going to be praying and fasting from tomorrow in the spirit of that conference. Okay? That's what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. And then um, we have prayer retreats. The leadership prayer retreat, also in the spirit of the conference, will be on Friday, um, the 27th of, of January. Our first prayer retreat for the year, 27th of February to the 29th. Lamb's Wife retreat, leadership retreat, it will be combined in the spirit of the conference. Do you, do you understand? So we're in the conference season, we're in the Yahweh to face conference season. The things that God is speaking to us in this season will be broken down during this conference, during these meetings that we're going to be having in this season and the prayers um, that we're going to be praying. Hallelujah. Alright. Um, I think that's all. There's another piece of paper there. Yes? Okay, um, this is, well, this is not. Um, our meetings resumed, open book, our meetings have resumed fully, right? Now, let me just say something because of the traditional culture. I don't want to use the word religious, so it doesn't look like I'm bringing stuff down. Let me just say the tradition. The traditional culture of the world to pray every January, people will start praying. 31st of December, people will pray and enter into the new year on the 1st of December. A child of God who is living in the spirit and walking in the spirit is not, is not boxed into those timings. We are not children living under the sun. We are children of the spirit. And the seasons of our lives are not determined by the calendar days of the earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you cannot live a reckless life from 2nd of January. I don't want to use the word first. Let me use second. You cannot use, live a reckless life from 1st or 2nd of January. And then on the 31st, you go to church and pray all day and reconcile with God. And then when 12 noon, when it's 12 midnight, then you enter party. You start partying and blowing fireworks and you know that's not the life that you are called to live that's totally not the life that you are called to some of us some of you will enter into the new season not here because god does not deal with you based on 12 calendar months god deals with you based on the seasons of your life and sometimes you can complete the course of a season what i'm saying now is very important sometimes you can complete the course of a season in three months and sometimes you can complete the course of a season in 10 years and it is not because it was destined for you to spend 10 years there it's because you were in, in you were unable to the children of Israel were meant to enter into the promised land in how many days? 40 days but they spent 40 years in the wilderness at a point they went round and round one mountain for so many times just going around the same mountain Moses had to say you have gone around this mountain 
enough. Let's, let's move forward. So you will understand that your life is in seasons. Now, 1923, 2023, 2024, those are for references. Those are days that are captured for reference sake. Not for your season's sake. Am I making sense? Good. So, 1st of January, you will start praying and fasting for the new year. You should have prepared yourself for the new year long before 1st of January. If I'm making any sense. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I, 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 I perceive that we moved into, not I perceive, you know, as one had been saying it, we've been saying it, if you've been in the, in the, in the community, that we entered into a new season sometime between August and September last year. Maybe that was our own new year. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So while it is good to fast, don't make your fasting a religious thing. Make it a spiritual journey. And that you understand that journey very well. Praise God. Now, it is good to fast. Don't, don't think, you know me, I like fasting and prayer. So I can't be talking down on fasting. It's a wonderful thing to fast. And you can fast at any time. But don't, don't make your life a religious life. Make your life a life of the Spirit. And understand exactly what God is saying. Right? And if you want to move ahead in 2023, don't wait till 2023 to start praying about 2023. Even if you were, even if you were guided by those days, make prepare for 2023 ahead of time. That's how farmers do. Am I correct, sir? Huh? <laughs> yes. Praise God. Now some of us have mastered fasting. I mean, we sail through it without any sweat. Okay. After a while. It's no longer fasting. What I'm trying to say is this. There are aspects of your life. Okay? That food is not an issue. Do you understand what I'm saying? Staying away from food is not a problem for some people. Am I making sense, please? But there could be something else that is standing in front of you and God. That one you can fast that one also. Am I making sense? You know, there are some people who have been fasting. Uh, some people leak 70 days, some people leak 40, some people do dry fasting. Some people, in fact, I met some lady recently and she told me that, ah, that she won't even drink water from morning till three. That after three, then she can drink water. But that, ah, that she's fasting. She won't eat until it must be six before she will eat. So, I mean, those kind of people, they are used, I mean, fasting. I'm saying that fasting is not only food. There are other aspects also that distract your attention. Those aspects you can also, in your quest to the things of God, apart from the food, you can also fast. Telemundo. Fast WhatsApp. Fast what? Instagram. Uh, YouTube. Raising. Okay. Uh -huh. All those things. You can fast those ones. You can leave your phone 
downstairs or in another room and not even care. Fast what? Wake up. <laughs> so that one is walk. Praise God. You understand what I'm saying? You get the gist? All right, praise God. But having said that, we're fasting anyway. <laughs> We've started the fast. We started the fast today. Praise God. So from tomorrow, no food at least until 4 p.m. or 6 p.m. Um, um, by the strength of God. And while you're fasting, please drink plenty of water. It's not a dry fast. We'll counsel you to drink a lot of water. We'll counsel you to read the scriptures, read the Bible. We'll counsel you to join. The, even if you can't pray by yourself, you should be able to pray by yourself. Okay? Uh, when you are fasting, fast with a purpose. Put something before God. Then pull out scriptures that have to deal with those things you are fasting about. Meditate on those scriptures during the time of the fast. Declare those scriptures during the time of the fast. Praise God. Hallelujah. So anyways, um, look, watch out for the prayer points. We'll be posting them daily and praying with them. Inviting ministers to um, join us for our 6 a.m. prayers and then the 2 to 4 in the afternoon. It's going to be very enriching um, season. Believers, we're supposed to be dynamic. We're not supposed to be cast in stone, right? We move with the uh, movement of the Spirit and what we perceive the Spirit of God is doing or wants us to do at a particular point in time. So we're fasting tomorrow. Uh, prayer retreats is 27 to 20. Now we want to encourage, we're opening up the prayer retreats. Prayer retreats have been purely us at the cave and then lamb's wife recently in this batch we've replaced breakfast meetup with prayer retreats now the reason for the prayer retreats is that we want to present a platform for everybody to be raised for leadership to be built in every single person that every single person will be able to minister the gospel will be able to teach scriptures. Deeper, somebody had a dream and saw you driving a commercial bus and you were very happy driving it. That's ministry. And there were plenty of people inside the bus. Now, everybody has an assignment in the kingdom. You have a ministry. Now, for you to carry out your ministry effectively, you have to be trained. You have to be raised for it. Now, one of the things that must not escape you in this season as we approach the last days, with all the things happening in the atmosphere, is the ability to pray. Is the ability to stay long in God's presence. Okay, now, these prayer retreats are opportunities for us to deal with questions, deal with doctrines, establish people in the doctrines. Let us understand this Christianity very, 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 very well. If that brother understood his Christianity well, he will not abandon Christianity because he couldn't feed his family. Okay? First, first of all, what, one of the things he's supposed to understand is what season of life am I in? Because the Bible told Paul, he said, Paul said something, he said, I am instructed to be hungry or to be full. So, a believer is living an instructed life and God is saying, this season you know, you're going to enter into lack going to be a season of lack. Are you trained to handle that season? Have you been raised to handle that season? Can you endure through that season until that season is over? 
Do you understand what I'm saying? And then some believers, they get money. When they get money, they forget God. They forget God. Money scatters their head. They see light differently. Humility has disappeared. And the only thing that God does is answer prayer for money. Meanwhile, God has no business with money. If you ask me, you know. So, that believer has not been trained to handle money. He doesn't understand what money is for. He doesn't understand what they use it for. So, it's, it's very important that everyone in this community, we're so few. Now, the reason we're few is so that we can train effectively. Very soon, we're not going to be as few as this, I can assure you. It's coming. Very soon, we're not going to be as few as this. And if that season comes upon us and we are not adequately raised, in the next 10 years, we will just be like all the other churches that you are seeing. Whether we meet on a Friday or we meet on a Saturday or we meet on Monday. Church is church. is the gathering of God's people. This is church. Do you understand what I'm saying? So everyone here must be fully, properly, adequately equipped, raised to disciple others, raised above offenses, raised above covetousness, raised above lying, raised above trial, tribulations, temptations. You must understand them and know how to handle them and understand how to deal with your enemies and understand how to deal with, deal with false brethren. You think false brethren is not in reality? Huh? Wait, God will open your eyes and you see false brethren and they are smiling with you and they are calling you pastor and they are opening Bible when you are putting the Bible but they are false brethren they are your miss for something God will grant you wisdom to discern if he wants you to discern if he doesn't want you to discern he will leave you pure he will leave you the way you are he won't show you anything so it's very important plan your life this is coming to us at a very short notice for those who are not in Lamswell, for those who are in Lamswell, we'll read the schedule. We scheduled this since last year. But we're going to be having prayer retreats monthly. Please don't miss it. Don't miss the prayer retreats. Okay? Yeah? Okay, Eka's announcement for the children. All right. Um, which other? Next announcement for Kingdom Women who will post the announcements. I don't have my calendar. I don't have my diary here. Okay, um, good evening, everybody. Um, okay, so um, we, for the kids, um, we kind of have like a new way of, we kind of have like a new way of doing things. So um, today they have an assignment.